Welcome to the Do You Believe podcast. Tonight we have a guest, Shannon. Uh, say hi, Shannon. Hello. He's going to be talking to us today about... <sighs> Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, we waited till after the holidays out of respect. Uh, Matt and Mandy are sick. They'll be back uh, soon unless they have that baby. Uh, we also have Carrie, but she is eating into the microphone, so we have it muted. But yeah, so I wanted to let everyone know that we we have a website now. It's uh, it's not great yet. Uh, my sister's working on a logo we'll put on there. Uh, it's uh, doyoubelievepodcast.com. Uh, we have a couple blog posts, and we'll post our podcast there, and you guys can leave comments there. Uh, we also have an email if you want to ask us any questions or have any requests. It's request at doyoubelievepodcast.com. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll have social media soon, uh, so be ready for that. So I think that means we're going to cue the theme music. Hello. Who are you? An angel. What's your name? from uh, The Adventures of Mark Twain. It's an old Will Vinton uh, claymation movie that uh, it's really good. Actually, check it out if you can find it. I think it's on Amazon. Um, but it kind of goes to show that a lot of what we think we know about Satan is coming more from our media and folklore and everything else and stories, not necessarily from any of them, you know, what you would think as the major sources. So you've got, you know, Mark Twain himself wrote The Mysterious Stranger and definitely plays up a lot of different ideas about Satan. Uh, Dante wrote, you know, The Divine Comedy and, you know, most people's ideas of hell and Satan and everything else come from that. Uh, so there's been a lot of different things over the years. Interesting. I haven't dug too deep into this, but I, I am aware of the, you know, kind of the the red guy with the pitchfork style that we've seen. I know that's not him, but I haven't really done much, much research into that. Like for me, like I know, you know, at some point, and I could be wrong, but at some point, you know, he was a very important angel, right? And I assume it's out of, like, some sort of jealousy of this new creation, us, you know. Even in that video, like, he he was, like, disgusted with the way humans act, right? Yeah. So how could, how could God think that's way better than me, right? It's the kind of mindset I, I figure he had, and then he started wanting to do his own thing. But that's kind of the... He wasn't always a bad guy, I think it's the thing that... I mean, maybe he was deep down, but... Uh. Yeah, that, that's always kind of the weird question, and the Bible is rather not exactly clear on anything about Satan or where he comes from or, sure. you know, if it's necessarily a he or, you know, anything like that. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they'll point to verses like in Isaiah 14 12 where it talks about you know how you have fallen from heaven morning star son of the dawn you have been cast down to the earth you who once laid low the nations and you know that uh, where it says morning star there got translated as uh, luciferos in the Latin Vulgate which is where we get the idea of you know lucifer which is basically just a reference to uh, you know the planet Venus the morning star you know, that brightest thing we see, like, usually right before sunrise. And that is actually more of a, like, a from a long passage that's talking about the king of Babylon at the time and, you know, talking about how, you know, he's going to fall and talking about him coming down. It's not actually about, you know, at least not directly about Satan. So it's kind of a 
weird thing that's been picked up and people have jumped on and kind of rolled with over the years. It's, you know, a a passage everybody kind of knows about and points to, but isn't really dealing with the, uh, you know, Satan himself. And that's one that most people point to when they think about, you know, Satan's fall and everything. Uh, Another one is Ezekiel 28 uh, verses about 11 through 19. Um, People point to that. It talks about a cherub. Uh, I can pull that one up here real quick. And that one goes a little something like, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre, and say to him, This is what the sovereign Lord says, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, a bunch of fancy rocks. Uh, Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you, and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who are watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. And, you know, there's a lot of different pictures and things in there that we're, you know, immediately going to jump on. The whole fire coming out and everything definitely sounds kind of like a diabolic image that we think of and, uh, you know, this concept of him being this perfection or whatever. It, you know, these are things that we've come to associate with that concept of Satan. But, you know, that's whole passage is talking not really about Satan, but the king of Tyre, who was, I think it's pronounced Ithobael second at the time. Um, so, you know, that whole passage is technically specifically a polemic against a specific king. It's something, you know, it's political. It definitely is, you know, calling somebody out. And again, that's not Satan directly anyway. Uh, We can potentially go with it as being kind of Satan indirectly because, you know, the nation's kind of being in his pocket and that concept of Satan being the king of the world that gets brought up a lot, especially in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, the king of the air, the king of the world, things like that. So, so it seems like, if I'm remembering correctly, like, there's not a lot in the Old Testament. It's definitely a more New Testament yeah. mention that it becomes like, yeah, there is this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and it, Satan seems to be more personified in the New Testament, whereas yeah. you'll right, get... Right kind of references in the old like book of job but that also yeah. you know may just be like a philosophic extended parable or something so you know that may just be used for literary illustration interesting what's the is it presbyterians that don't believe in satan i can't remember there's one i believe one in satan um Trying to think of who doesn't. I thought somebody told me that. I know there's people that don't believe in hell. Right. Yeah. I don't know about Satan. Um, but it, it, their justification is, and I don't remember which one it was. If you're Presbyterian, my bad if I got it wrong. But like, it was like, yeah, it's just like those kind of type things, like from the verses we read, where it's not directly referenced it's just sort of implied maybe or indirect like you said so yeah it's like kind of a fringe reference and so yeah a lot of the 
Old Testament stuff is a little wishy-washy on exactly the identity of Satan and where he comes from or anything. Uh, you get more of a picture from New Testament stuff, especially, you know, the book of Revelation uh, and how that's kind of this big cosmic level portrait of everything that's going on in the background as they're you know, struggling against Rome and throughout history as well. So we've got microphones moving. <laughs> I think as long as you just don't point it at us directly, we'll be good because I'm concerned about it's not double. I'm just. Board. I don't want to have to turn and like not look at you when I'm talking. So we can go in a million different directions now. I have one. So I noticed you bought you brought the Satanic Bible along for mm-hmm. reference. Um, and this, I always found this to be really funny and ironic. Like in my head. Satan hates people, right? He thinks they're gross and he's jealous of them, that God loves them so much. So why would you want to worship a guy that doesn't like you? I just thought, do they not get that? Yeah, well... He just wants to use you. And that's the thing, the, uh, you know, what uh, Anton LaVey set up, you know, with his Church of Satan and all that, really isn't worshiping Satan. Satan, they don't necessarily believe that there's actually this like guy with horns walking around on his cloven hooves or you know chicken feet that he seems yeah. to be drawn with in like certain old pictures. <laughs> they use Satan more as this symbol for almost a freedom or a rejection of you know the hierarchy or certain you know following different rules or whatever. And a lot of that, you know, I brought this just as kind of a thing. You know, people people see it and they're thinking, the Satanic Bible, oh, it's this religious text. And it's really more of a philosophic text. It's mm. more um, dealing with, uh, I would say, a philosophy of materialism. Yeah. Um, definitely a philosophy of, hey, you go ahead and do, you do you would very much fall with that you know that oh here don't worry about what anyone else is feeling or what have you you can go ahead and do you and that's just fine that seems to fit in with today's society i'm surprised we don't have more of those yes people but it's got that i can see that it's scaring away a lot of people like oh Satan. ah yeah yeah there there's definitely that and there's the a lot of folks, when they start looking into it and start delving into it, this, yeah, there's definitely a very negative spin on it where there's not really a lot of acceptance in there. It's more of a you do you, but hey, we're not going to like you for it at the same time. So, <laughs> you know, it's. So, the Satanic Church and devil worshippers are the same. Uh, no, they would be, you know, there are certain, like, actual devil worshippers out there who do believe in, like, a literal, personal Satan, whereas the Satanic Church is more of a guy's philosophically trying to, um, argue for why they want to, you know, live outside of some cultural norms. Essentially, would be so the, the best way I would truth go. So, really isn't that scary. It's not like we uh, do all these rituals and. It like, can be scary in some hands. I would say that, because if you get somebody who's just like a pissed off kid, who gets into this and reads it and decides that, well, you know, huh? You know, do what thou wilt is you know the whole of the law here. So. I'm going to kill my parents. You know, that could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be scary. But they don't do, like, like rituals. It's not like a cult, like... Uh, They do do rituals, but it's... Yeah, again, it's that symbolic, kind of like how some of the Masons and some of your other, uh, you know, your other groups will do ritualistic things. It's more for group conformity, even though they would 
say that, you know, they're kind of anti-conformist. It's, mm-hmm. you know, how most non-conformists are conforming to different yeah. versions. But they're not, like, summoning the devil or the dead. Like, that's what I think of when I yeah. think of the Church of Satan, is people just, like, sitting around summoning Satan. No, that, that would probably go more with, uh, I guess, certain Wiccan groups and uh, other neo-pagan groups who might be trying to summon the horned god or, you know, various other incarnations of that concept uh, attempting to get either demons or whatever to you know help them follow along uh, a lot of them take some major spin from like a I think it was a 14th century demonology known as the uh, you know, lesser key of Solomon mm-hmm. um, which kind of goes along with this idea of hey there are certain incantations and certain things you can do to get these demons to serve you or serve your purposes if you want them to, which is not really a good thing to mess with. Not, not recommended. Yeah, definitely. I remember, I had a friend who, I think he bought that, or one of them, and like I read like two pages, and I was like, I'm never open this book again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff in there where it's like, but how do you know they're not just playing you? Like, yeah. they're doing your thing for the moment, and then they're going to stab you in the back. Like, anyway. with, um, with, like, the Ouija board, like, they'll pretend to be a loved one, mm-hmm. but it's really a demon. Yeah. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's, it's like some of the uh, old divination stories that you can read about are, like, people are supposedly contacting the dead and getting advice from them for their like basic everyday lives. And it's like, uh, (laughs) maybe, you know, even if it was someone who is, you know, dead, what's to say that, you know, and they were a dead loved one. What's to say that they actually have the best ideas for what you should be doing with your life now. Good point. So, so yeah. Yeah, Satan kind of takes many forms depending on who you're talking to. It can be a symbol for the Satanic Church, or mm-hmm. you know, um, I brought also here uh, my study Quran, which is kind of a weird concept. It's got a little concordance <laughs> in the back, and if you just want to take a look, we'll not dive into this so much, but you look at the uh, entry for Satan there, and look how many verses are dealing with Satan there. Oh, whoa! Yeah, so. Well, for those that are listening and can't see it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, almost a half a page or more? Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of references to Satan or Satans in the Quran. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Not so much in, you know, the Christian Bible, no. which is kind of odd because, you know, most of what we think about you know, we think should be in the Bible or, you know, it's, you know, oh yeah, the Bible talks about that, but in a lot of ways it's kind of remarkably silent on specifics involving Satan, and I think that may actually be for a purpose. So, so how is he portrayed, and have you read any uh, on in the Quran style? Is it? Yeah, so actually a lot of the things I think that we think of as being like Christian depictions of Satan mm-hmm. or you know, Judeo-Christian depictions are actually probably taken from medieval interactions with, you know, the Islamic text and stuff. Uh, that's where you get kind of those stories of, uh, like the Quran looks at Satan, as I remember, as uh, he was this angel, and at some point, you know, he was looking at the fact that, you know, humanity was made in the image of God, and he didn't like that fact, because it's like, how dare, you know, how dare they, they're lesser than us, you know, they're lesser than I am, so, you know, why should I have to serve this, Im- you know, it's the image of God, but yes, why should I have to serve this, um, and so that's where that kind of hatred for humanity comes from, this concept that, no, I was first, so I should be better, right? So a lot of that comes into play there, which is something we normally kind of associate with more of a 
Judeo-Christian viewpoint. That's, as I remember, a lot of the basis for John Milton's uh, Paradise Lost. You know, Satan, yeah. Satan has this hatred from humanity, breed from, or bred from contempt, uh, bred from kind of a jealousy. Yeah. So, so that could, and this could bring us to a whole other podcast down the road. I think we're going to do one on angels or something. Yeah. It's, I never really understood what, what are they, right? Yeah. And what separates them from us? It appears that they can act on their own. Right. Yeah. yeah, it appears that they at least have some level of free will anyway. Yeah, so, and maybe there's rules or something they have to follow, but they also seem to be susceptible to sin. Yeah. So... So, God makes us as well, yet we're pretty squishy and, you know, not as... And then we're stuck with, you know, we have free choice and we have sin and all that stuff that we have to deal with. So, like, we know what what our punishment is. What's the... And it looks like, it, I mean, with Satan's going to be the same punishment, right? Yeah. It's going to destroy him. So... Yeah, that comes I, I feel like Satan is... Satan, like... The example, Satan, like, being thrown in hell, whatever, probably scary enough that no other angel is ever going to, like, screw up like that. Yeah. They're going to look at that and be like, I'm good. I'll stick with you. Yeah, doesn't Revelation, like, reference, like, a third of the angels went with him or something, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. is, I remember, yeah. Yeah. So, that was another random question. Are... Are demons fallen angels that followed with him, that fell with him, or are they like his own creation or something? Yeah, and at least if we're choosing to interpret like Revelation in such a way that yes, this is a portrayal of everything that happened in very literal terms, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of like they were already existing angels that fell with him, like chose to go with him at the time. Um, that's true. Some of them have names. Yeah. Like so. That's, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they have different names, and usually, like at least I know in the Lesser Key of Solomon, they always have like a ends with L name because you know that L being you know E L for God. Um, so. Oh, I never knew that. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, and then Satan, which I guess going with names too, is, you know, Satan means like either the accuser or the adversary. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we see that role kind of mostly in, you know, New Testament. Does it Testament. say in the Bible how he went from Lucifer to Satan? Like that name? Well, yeah, that was kind of that, uh, thing I brought up earlier in Isaiah is where, you know, people associate him with Lucifer, uh, you know, that bright morning star, you know, the bright morning star, but that was actually a thing about the king of Babylon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know exactly if at some other point someone was like, oh, hey, Satan's also called Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Hasatan, which is the Satan, um, shows up uh, you know a few times in the Old Testament or several times depending on uh, you know what you're kind of thinking about it seems to show up more as like a someone's name at a, just a few times but then several times is meaning just an adversary or somebody you're running into or up against um, even the angel, in uh, numbers, who you know is trying to stand against Balaam as he's you know riding on his donkey, going to go and try and you know mess with the Jewish people at the time, uh, he's mentioned as being you know a Satan to this guy. So, or you know if that is Satan, you know we don't know, but that's. So yeah, Hasatan is. It's kind of like more of a title than a name, and could also be you know something that anyone could be like. So, you know, you could be somebody Satan at some point, yeah. you know, being their adversary. 
you know, somebody who's accusing them or coming against them or at least perceived as being that. Mm-hmm. So. Like, you know, as we were coming in tonight, I was your dog, Satan, because I'm this <laughs> tall guy coming into your house. And he did not like me very much, but I think we're okay now. He's I just think there's present. food around, and so he's chill. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're going to get you got to bring him food with you. <laughs> so. Yeah, so Satan's pretty uh, crazy and weird. And there's a... You know, there's so much stuff that's very specific in naming him and, at, you know, very much viewing him as like a person or a figure. But then also a lot of stuff where like the demonic and kind of a spiritual warfare perspective, uh, maybe he's just kind of like the stand-in name for a greater concept of what's going on. Yeah. So. Because I've talked to, and I've heard people talk about, like, they don't believe in, like, you know, a personified Satan. It's more of a, the concept of sin is to, like, it's this thing, right? There's no one guy that's out there to get you, right? I know a lot of people that kind of think that way. Or, like, Satan can (laughs) develop anywhere among any, like, group of people or something, yeah. So... So we can actually, we can segue into a, (laughs) this could be a long conversation, but like, um, the concept of good and evil, I think me and Harry were talking about this for a while, I think the question I had posed, you know, is, uh, are people inherently bad or good, you know, when they're born, is it neutral, do you develop it as you go along and stuff like that, I think that that can tie back to the Satan conversation because supposedly he's the driver of the evil in this world. Yeah. yeah he's that master of uh, fear and death that helps to drive that and push that along, yeah. I think everybody is born with this and like, like two-year-olds, if they see a toy that they want, they're going to bite somebody for it. You know, like, that's wrong, you shouldn't bite. But they don't know either. So... You know what I mean? Like, you have to... Does that make sense? Yeah. I think everybody's born with sin. You're not just... I think Jesus was born inherently good. Mm. Everybody else is just bad. Mm-hmm. And you could almost say, like, oh, you come in, you know, kind of here. And you've got... You're born into a world of sin, right? That's going to be the first thing that gets to you. And you kind of have to, through growing up and your parents or hopefully, then they bring in the the divine aspects like hey this is this is how the world is but this is not how it's supposed to be yeah, yeah you get that it, it's definitely kind of a weird like where does that come from and when does it I guess when does it start to matter there's that age of accountability thing right yeah you know, people yeah. start talking about it that you know the when when is it, you know, is it age two? Is it age seven where that's actually sin and not just, yeah, you hey, know this kid is, yeah. I know, I don't, because I can't remember when I was one or two, I can't answer that question. Like, I can, I can go back as far as I can remember and be like, yeah, like, you want to do, you want to get your own way, you want to get what you want, naturally. But growing up, you're taught, you know, some things are not yeah. acceptable. Well, that kind of makes you wonder too is it you know is in general that concept of sin or even that like Satan force just that drive that goes on in you that not only you know, wants something but wants to take that from someone else or wants to make that kind of unbalanced system or destructive system where you know you've got to one-up somebody. You've got yeah. to take from somebody the, you know, that other thing that you want at the moment. Yeah. So. I think that is one of, like, I think it's early on. 
like C.S. Lewis's book, I think Mere Christianity, addresses this being like, there is good and evil in the world, clearly. So why, right? If if you're taking if you're looking at it from like an atheist perspective or whatever, it's just like, well, why? Why would there be good and bad, right? It's just, and I I usually go like animals, like I would say they're not capable of good and bad, right? They're just trying to survive, mm-hmm. and we're not that way, right? So yeah. what gives, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like we've got this little extra thing in our brain that you know clicks on. It's like, wait a second, they're really should be a better way than this and you know how that all relates and And that's what like if you were raised in the wild kind of by yourself would you still have that yeah so I, I don't know because I, I was raised in a regular house. So I can't tell. Is it because I was taught this, or, or not? You know, I don't. Yeah. It's like there are um, you know different theorists out there on certain things like that. Uh, Rene Girard is one I know is big on that area as far as uh, he has this mimetic theory, um, and a lot of that. Yeah, I'm definitely not the best person for talking about that yet. I'm going to be reading his stuff here pretty soon. But uh, essentially it kind of looks like, you know, we pick up from our world and from that sense of lack this desire to go after these things. But we also learn from our social surroundings, you know, that hey, this isn't exactly the best way to be. Um, and, you know, one of those social connections and everything very well could be, you know, God. And so, you know, having that revelation also present in our lives uh, as being that driving force that's almost kind of evolving us further. So, and then you've got this mimetic yeah, thing, which, you know, trying to copy that uh, that we see around us you know can both lead us to picking up good traits or negative traits and sometimes even the things we think are good traits can lead us to do negative things I've had seen people argue um saying like you know we don't need the promise of a divine reward to be a good person right I've heard that people come across like that but then I always just ask like why right if you're living in a if you're living in a godless world why like why I just don't Mm -hmm. I don't see the the drive to be a good person you make the world a better place I mean why would you care when you die it's done Yeah. yeah I don't know it's like, yeah, you could go into some, you know, waxing about legacy or... Yeah, you know, I hear that a lot. Things like that, but it's really... There's something else going on there. There's some other desire or drive that's making you recognize that there is a little something more or something beyond you that is worthwhile to pursue. And, you know, that you may not have a full conception of God, but you may still be acting towards what would be of a full conception of God. So. So. close to I want to be. So, do you have any further comments or notes or anything that you want to share? I feel like we're <laughs> there's so much that we could like delve into or this could be like an entire series of yeah. its own. And I think we'll come back yeah. when we talk about I'll try to do one on like the idea of angels and in different places and stuff and I'm sure Satan will come up again. And one of the big ones. Yeah, that's one of those there's so many different theories of everything all this could be and could be talking about yeah. and yeah, you know, the 
especially talking about angels and demons, uh, how they're always seem to be in the Bible associated with like different nations and things like that, or different movements. And, you know, maybe that it's talking about kind of that spirit of the time or the, you know, the zeitgeist, the thing that's helping move folks forward. But then we also you know, have the talk of very personal, very specific interactions too with yeah. something more. So, yeah, there's so much we could get into talking about Satan and spiritual stuff. But, yeah, there's, there's one question we could throw out there. Do you think you've ever had like some run in or anything with something like that? Okay, yeah. I won't. Well, no. Satan or yeah. a demon? Yeah. So the only thing, and I've heard people share stories, and they're kind of scary. But like the one, the one time I thought I did, it, it was real weird. Like, so it was in high school, and there was like a newer kid. I think, or I was new to the school, right? So I was talking to people, and there was this one kid in one of my classes, right? He just looked like a normal kid. There was nothing weird about him. But he sat down and he just started talking to me. And it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but I just got this like really like like sheer terror feeling for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. And I got it when I looked in his eyes. I was just kind of like, this is weird. I didn't know what it was, but and then I stopped talking to him and then I don't get to talk to him after that. But like, that's the only thing I can say. It wasn't anything specific. Like, yeah. I, I've heard people say like, oh, and then... In a possessed voice, he said this. You know, I don't have that. I just, I don't know. Something didn't sit right. Like, to the point that I still remember it to this day, right? I've had weird interactions with people, but this is something else. So, that's all I have. I have... Okay, so let me back I feel like Satan really targets your fears. And I'm terrified of demons. And so, like, I have sleep paralysis quite a lot and it's the most terrifying thing and we'll have a podcast on that don't worry but um there is one time when i was falling asleep and i usually fall asleep with tv and george lopez was on like i remember like i was not asleep yet and then all of a sudden i heard in my ear and it was like like i was awake and i heard it and then um there's a lot of times not a lot of times but a few times when I'll be, like, trying to fall asleep. It happened recently. I woke up at 3 in the morning, which is said to be, I'm not saying I believe this, but it's said to be, like, like, like their hour. I woke up at 3 in the morning and just had this dreading, like, terror. You know, like, I couldn't go back to sleep. I was terrified to even move. I was terrified to look around the room. I was just so scared. Like, all I could do was sing worship songs and say Jesus. And, like, that was the only thing I could do. I was so terrified. And, like, I feel like, I don't know if there was something there, but I know that I feel like Satan preys on your fears. So I feel like he was making me scared that there was something there watching me. It, I don't know, I'm pretty messed up. <laughs> it's really scary. No, I can definitely go with that. I do I deal with sleep paralysis as well, and I know that whole the entity in the room. Yeah. It, it's so weird. Yeah, it's like. It's terrifying. I know it ticks off my wife, but I have to, like, keep the lights, you know, off in the room. I have to have, like, a perfectly dark room and not have a door open or anything because, (laughs) you know, that's one of the common things is you look in a doorway and that's where you're, you know, this weird demonic-seeming force is coming from. Well, I've even had it one time where I look in the doorway and there's, like, a person standing, like, somebody's broken into the house. Like, that... I've had it that way too. It's not really a demon, but it's like actually somebody like in my house. Obviously, nobody was in my house, but I've had it that way too. We'll have to. We'll definitely do a separate podcast on that because everybody seems to have very similar type things. Like so you guys, this whole room has had sleep paralysis. So we're not making this up, right? If you haven't experienced it, just hope you don't because it's not fun. Um, but. Uh, for me, every time that it's happened, I've been laying, sleeping like on my stomach, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't see anything, but you feel like there's something next to you or there, and it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like something's holding you down or pressing yeah. down on you. Yeah. And that's why I've seen like um, like old-fashioned like paintings depicting sleep paralysis, where it's got the demon mm-hmm. sitting on your chest, <laughs> just staring yeah. at you. So I don't know what it is. 
maybe it's all psychological. I yeah, don't know, I don't but. know if my experiences were gaming-related, but I feel like I didn't feel like Satan was trying to, like, mess with me. I got that vibe. I was like, I know he's trying to mess with me, so I'm going to counteract that with which results. Yeah, I, uh, back in college, I uh, was involved in a uh, kind of a campus ministry group and you know, church and everything that was very much of the uh, kind of charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, very much so that concept of demons being there, you know, something to cast out and taking, you know, authority in Jesus' name was very much a part of, you know, my yeah. mental state. You know, as we've talked about tonight, I can definitely talk around in, in the areas of kind of more the okay could this just be a you know a way they explain this spirit of the times or political view or you know I can also still talk in this you know hey there's something out there way but I remember waking up in the middle of the night and uh, you know everything was shaking like the whole house that I was sleeping in was shaking <laughs> And so I'm, you know, I wake up and I'm like, so the first thing that's come into my head is, I don't know what's going on. I'm, you know, really nervous. I'm going to cast out a demon. (laughs) So I just go in and I'm just like, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) And then when that happened, it's like everything stopped. Well, you know, we... Lee and I both went to the same college, just at different times. Yeah. Uh, and Lee probably remembers there's a very specific um, fault line that's very yeah, I was gonna nearby. Say, it's just that earthquake that I recall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My experience is slightly different. I was so tired that I briefly woke up, and stuff was moving around. Whatever, I fell back to sleep, and I didn't know until the next day. Somebody said, "Yeah, there was an earthquake last night." I'm like, oh. Okay, okay, okay. That explains a few things, but yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so so there was an earthquake, and I cast out, I guess, the demon of the earthquake. I you don't saved know. us, Shannon. Yes, you saved, saved us. I wouldn't have been useless. I was sleeping. Yeah. All I know is that when I'm feeling scared and like something's there, I just I just pray. Yep. <laughs> it makes me makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. A little so, and. I remember, so the, uh, the pastor at our church, Randy, shared, I don't remember if it was during one of his sermons, but his experience with where he was meeting with somebody that was supposedly possessed. And okay, just so everybody li- listening knows this, uh, Carrie and Lee's cat and dog are just like going crazy fighting each other. And they're playing. Yeah, they're playing. But it's like, so in this case, you know, they're each other's Satan and inspiring. They also do this in the middle of the night. It's really annoying. It's typically, you know, evening's winding down. Time to fight. Here we go. Sammy's a vampire, you know, he has a thing, so he always goes for his neck, mm-hmm. and he's about to do it. It's so funny. I like how the cat's, like, gently putting his <laughs> hand on the dog's shoulder, and like, now I'm going to attack you. So, once we get video going, we'll show this epic battle next time. It's always a struggle. Very different fight styles, from mm-hmm. what I can tell. But, um, but yeah, back to... So Randy, he was meeting with a guy, right, that they thought was possessed or whatever. And they were doing something, probably praying over or something, and then he looks at them and says, and like in a weird voice, you know, you have no power here, right? I hear a lot of people that have that kind of experience, and I'm, it's never happened to me, but... Yeah. Well, and there was, um, what was it, Mason Hall down at Murray was, you know, a lot of people said there was always weird stuff going on there and that it was, you know, apparently some folks had, like, lived there and, you know, when they were staying there and it was, used to be a dorm that they, uh, you know, tried opening, you know, portals to hell oh, and stuff okay. and all that. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go along with, because I've heard a lot of, like, demon encounter stories where the demon or whatever is like like your prayer means nothing like like your faith means nothing and I feel like 
probably one of Satan's main tactics is to deteriorate your faith, you know, obviously. That'd be his best way to about things. That'll bring me to, like, one point where... I think... I would say the stronger your faith is, the higher chance you have of encountering something like this. Because in my mind, if I was Satan, and I'm not, I promise, (laughs) I would not want... That's something Satan would say. (laughs) I wouldn't want people to know I existed, right? Mm -hmm. And there's that, I don't know, that old quote, I don't know who said it, but the greatest trick the devil ever played was to trick the world into thinking he didn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. So... He's, you're not gonna, if you're, if he's already got you, right? You're just a regular person, not going to church, doing whatever. He's not gonna mess with you, right? He doesn't want, because in my mind, if I, if I don't go to church, right? I'm not a church going person, right? And I encounter a demon. What's the first thing I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go right to church and I'm now gonna believe in God, you know? So I think it's, does him good to hide in shadows. Yeah. Well, I think in our Western culture, you know, that's definitely a, definitely the way it is. You know, we would go to, you know, run to church or run to, you know, get an exorcist or yeah. something like that. But, uh, you know, you see some of these stories of, you know, things going down in Africa where, you know, over there they do have more of that, I guess, ability for, and Please don't misinterpret the word that I'm about to use here, people on the internet, but kind of more magical thinking, you know, something that, you know, every, you know, the world is enchanted that there are these, you know, spirits and stuff going on in the world and they're more tuned in with that concept. Um, You know, down there, I could definitely see where maybe him, you know, being more present and more outgoing and, you know, almost visible if you know that that's the thing you know that those manifestations would definitely be something he could work with down there because there he could like scare them away from the church more so than yeah and that's a thing i've heard him talk about like in haiti too Mm -hmm. with the voodoo stuff like the people are so afraid of voodoo that's why they don't go to church right so i think yeah i think it depends on them that's a good point, though. The culture of yeah, how people actually are perceiving that. So yeah, here being on a down low and everything, and just working in the background and manipulating just like whatever our streams. government. Yes. Just like the Freemasons and the CIA. <laughs> Shout out to the NSA. Thanks for listening. Uh, but yeah, so I think we'll wrap up that main portion of our talk and we can revisit later if people have questions. I'm sure we'll get a bunch now, you know. Yeah. So if you have questions, send send that email and if you have them for Shannon, just Shannon make is the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if like the whole thing started out like really info dumpish and nerdy. Um yeah, I'm a nerd, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> He's read probably every book known to man. And he remembers every word. So, Just yeah, saying. we definitely will be using him as a resource often if we can. Yep. So. And if you need special resources on Satan, um, <laughs> I just read Richard Beck's uh, Reviving Old Scratch, uh, which was, it's demons and the devil for doubters and the disenchanted. And so that's you know where I'm getting that concept very much yeah. of the, you know, Satan could very well represent almost more of a political force or a, a mentality yeah. thing or, you know, kind of a group think mentality, something that goes beyond just one person. Um, and so that would be a great resource. Uh, I've got Manual for Spiritual Warfare here by Paul Thigpen, T-H-I-G-P-E-N, <laughs> uh, which is not an exorcism manual, because, you know, we're not priests in the Catholic Church. So, but, you know, if you need to take authority in the middle of the night over an earthquake, you, you it, go right. for it. Just do it. Uh, There's no right or wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it worked. It worked. It, he had it no worked. prior training. I had no prior training. 
I really wonder what my roommate thought at that point. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait. You didn't tell you your roommate. What are you doing? That changes the story completely. That changes everything. But before we bring it to a total close, typically this is... Like, we started as a conspiracy podcast, and we kind of branch off into, you know, urban legends and then this kind of stuff. But are there any conspiracies that you think maybe? Or do you think it's all hooey? Or do you believe all of it? Every single one of them? Do you believe the Earth is flat? And Hollywood <laughs> okay. at the same time. <laughs> so, okay, throwing this out here for the listeners, uh, my degrees are in engineering and physics. Uh, so the Earth is definitely round. It's okay. Um, I actually taught high school for a few years and did like an earth science and space physics thing. So yeah, the earth is definitely round, has this, you know, core of molten, you know, iron and everything, which is giving us this great magnetosphere that protects us from all sorts of stuff. And that's where we just got super nerdy. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, and we also went to the moon Although I don't know that we went to the moon all the times we said we went to the moon. Yeah. That that could be a thing. Uh, but yeah, at some point we have been up there. It's just how so, long. And I've told people this and I didn't, I never said this on the podcast, but going back, when we did the, we talked about the moon landing for a little bit, right? And I had said, I didn't think we went, but I had a question about, um, if we had done prior missions, like just to orbit the moon and come back, and we did. So I have since changed my opinion upon learning that, and I, I'm saying currently we did go. I think we lost more people than we are willing to admit in the process, because yeah. this is very complicated yeah. stuff. And that most, I think a, some of the footage looks legit, but I think a lot of it is fake now not let's say you go to the moon you record your footage and Matt had mentioned something about the, the openness of space you've got uh, unblocked radiation waves coming through mm-hmm. that could mess with the, the the tape at the time when they were using it, it wasn't digital that it would get ruined and they may not have known that right they go there they record it they come back and it's ruined so what do you do you can't especially with the russians out there you can't just say you went they're not going to believe you so i could see that being justification for making this footage right so i don't think that's too crazy yeah and having some backup footage maybe if a mission didn't quite go so well or people didn't come back that could also be a yeah it's just Maybe they are really good at what they do, and I could be, you know, selling them short. But it's something we've never done before. Stuff's going to go wrong that you did not foresee, in my opinion. At least in that time. I think nowadays we have enough technology that we can send out stuff with instruments and readings and get a good feel for what is going on. But I I feel like in the, the 60s, maybe not so much, but... What about Antarctica? Sketchy stuff or no? Antarctica? And yeah, there are tons of little bases and everything down there that is really unnerving sometimes. I get that, you know, most of them are there for scientific stuff and, you know, but I don't know. It does feel like they're like trying to keep something special down there. Now, Matt was saying, and I haven't fact checked this yet, that. You have to get permission from the government to go down there. Hmm. So we'll have to look at that. I think sometime in the next couple of weeks, I have a guy at work that wants to come in and talk about Antarctica. But, and this is, so I remember a while back, somebody had found like a big like structure on Antarctica on like Google Earth or something. And like, what is that? They're not, it's, and everybody's speculating all these crazy things. Turns out this is the, the vault they made where they're storing like seeds of every plant or whatever in case of like a global catastrophe. But we never heard about it until somebody started saying, what is that? What is that? So I think a lot of conspiracies, I was talking to Matt about this, 
stem from the fact that people don't tell us everything, right? Yeah. And it leads us to speculate crazy things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they were saying, like, oh, that's an alien base, that's a, a Nazi base, that's all this stuff, right? And if they just come out and said, no, we're keeping seeds down there, unless they thought the public would panic if they saw that we were doing this, thinking that, oh, is the world going to We don't know it. What's going on? You know? yeah. I think a lot of conspiracies come from lack of information. Yeah. Yeah, lack of information and wanting there to be something going on. Like, because yeah. it helps you to explain something else in your world and makes you feel better about it. It makes you feel like you've got this special knowledge. Yeah. I think... Because, like, even with, like, you've got a lot of, like, the, the assassinations and stuff, there's just, there's so many weird details and missing information. That's why we think things. And it might just be something, like... Something happened that we're probably not going to believe, right? Or that's kind of out of the ordinary. Or it's like they missed some details, right? Maybe it was somebody else that, that did it and got away, but they just they, they stick with the story and they don't tell you anything after that. So people can just... When there's weird things and you refuse to answer it, people assume crazy things. Yeah. So, I mean, government, if you're listening, don't do that. Unless you are doing the things yeah. that they say you're doing. But if you're not, just tell people stuff so they don't think crazy things. Mm -hmm. and, and put it in language that's accessible. I think that's one of the issues with a lot of the yeah. why Flat Earth has taken off so much or the moon landing stuff or really like the essential oils stuff and everything else it's there's no real accessible thing that people can look at and be like oh yeah so this actually is a thing you know they have to go try and track down this weird journal article that's in jstor in somewhere you know that they'd have to really research it up and then get a phd to be able to understand it yeah yeah Yeah, people would be able to buy things more if you could put it in language that they, you know, understand. So, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but, like, I keep an open mind to some of these if if it's, like, you can actually, you know, give me some evidence and, you know, reasonability. So, I've heard somebody say, um, like, when it comes to conspiracies, you got to think about how many people would have to be involved and how many people would have to keep their mouth shut, right? And the bigger that gets, the more unlikely it is in my mind. Like Flat Earth, you would have to have like every scientist be in on it, all the governments and all that, and all of them, <laughs> and they all have to be quiet about it. Like, come on. <laughs> Everyone who's ever gone up into high-altitude aircraft or traveled or anything, yeah. <laughs> like they're all in on it, right? You get on a plane, if it goes a little too high and you could see the curvature, you know, you gotta land and they say, you can't say anything, or we'll kill you, right? I mean, that just doesn't seem likely. Like, but then, you know, with some of the government, that's why I'm not completely against the a lot of the government things, like, with, like, assassinations, like, oh, it was somehow it came from. I don't ever think it's like, like the president says, you know, we got to kill that guy or whatever. But some rogue people within an agency could because if they did that, the only people that would have to be quiet were the people that conducted it, right? Yeah. And uh, naturally, they're going to keep it quiet. They're not going to tell people about that. So that's more believable than Earth is flat. Earth is hollow. Moon is a moon base. Moon is a hologram. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> Well, I guess the Earth is hollow. It's just also filled with something. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's what they're hiding in Antarctica. Is the you know the Symes holes the yes, yeah. John Cleve Symes came up that's with the entrances. Oh yeah. And I think it's a lot of times I see there might be one detail that you can take and spin it a certain way, and that's how and then that's how some of these get born, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fun to make up ridiculous ones just for fun with it. Like, moon is a hologram. It's funny. You know, it's fun. You know, I've never been to the moon and been around it. I don't know what it could be, I guess. But some of them are fun. Then, you know, the world ended in 2012, right? So, yeah. So I don't know why we're still here. Yeah. We're, we're for now. Yeah, it's, you know, the apocalypse happened, but it got better. Well, I will say thanks for coming on, Shannon. We'll definitely have you back on for more things. So. You should mention our um, email and website yeah. again. I will mention everything again. You can find us on iTunes. If you don't have an Apple product, we have... I use, like, Podcast Player on Android. Like, we're on there. So anything that pulls, that might pull from iTunes or whatever. There, we're on Podbean. If you have that, that's specifically where we're hosted. Um, but, yeah, again, we have an email request at doyoubelievepodcast.com. And that's a whole website if you want to go there. We're still working on it. But we've got some extra posts in there. If we have any notes from each podcast, I'll put that on there. You can listen to them on there. And then our future podcasts will be on there as well. Um, I'm supposed to give Daniel a shout out and say follow uh, Hood Chief on Twitch. He likes to play games and get mad. Uh, that's his name. Very professional. I played with him a few times. He's fun. He's fun to watch. He gets angry. It's hilarious. So that's all I got. Well, thanks for having me. and look forward to coming back. And this cat is, like, going to pounce on something. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Sit.